When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Nurse, beautiful move. To the net. Reed time score. And Edmonton completes a dramatic comeback. Riley takes the step. Settles into the pocket. He's got some time. Now he's going deep looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch. And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell Walker. An absolute bomb. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Looking at the NHL scoreboard, Capitals lead the Flames 2-1 after 1. Also after the first period, no score, Lightning and Islanders. Early second period, Pittsburgh up 2-0 on Ottawa. Six minutes left in the first period. It's 1-1 between the Golden Knights and the Hurricanes. Early second period, Chicago leads Buffalo 2-0, and the Predators and Panthers are scoreless. The Edmonton Oilers and Philadelphia Flyers will play tomorrow morning, 11 o'clock face-off here on 6.30. Chad will have the face-off show at 9.30. Flyers goaltender Sherwood Park native Carter Hart will join us in about six or seven minutes here on Inside Sports. Oscar Clefbaum did make the trip to Philadelphia. Will he play coming off the broken finger? Here's what he had to say after practice this morning. you got to be smart, and like I said last year, was a... Uh... A tough year mentally for me, and and playing injured, it's a, it's a whole different game. Uh, and last year it came to to an end, and 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 you got to be like I said, you got to be honest and fair to the guys. If you're going to be out there, it's not going to be four and a half guys on the ice. It got to be a cleft bomb that's 100 percent or close to 100 um, percent. So I got to be fair and honest to the guys and to myself. Um, but it's coming along. I mean, it's been it's been it's been a long time, and I'm really. Uh, excited to be on the ice and play some games, but once again, we will see how it is. All right, so we still get the we'll see with Clefbaum. Obviously, going into the break, we thought it was pretty much for sure he would be able to play coming back against Philadelphia. That is not the message we are getting today, though he did travel. I think we'll have to wait and see what happens tomorrow morning. Clefbaum has missed 19 games. The Oilers have gone 6-12-1 during that span. They have been 17-12-2 with him in the lineup. Also, the Oil Kings in action tonight. We'll keep you updated. Golden Bears hosting Lethbridge in about an hour at Claire Drake Arena. We'll keep you updated on those as we roll along tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Ched Kwaku Boateng, excellent defensive end for your Edmonton Eskimos, re-signing with the team today, decides not to go to free agency. He's going to join us before 7 o'clock as well. I want you to keep a name in mind here, and that name is Chris Knobloch, who is currently the assistant coach with the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Chris, of course, played for the U of A Golden Bears. He played for the Edmonton Ice in the WHL back in the late 90s. And uh, he was a very successful coach in Major Junior before joining the Flyers staff. Our buddy Bob Stoffer, who hosts Oilers Now from noon to 2 every weekday here on 630 Ched, tweeted this out about half an hour ago. 
Hearing that Philadelphia AC Chris Knobloch, the only coach in CHL history to have four straight 50-plus win seasons, will be on the radar for NHL organizations that want to go with a younger head coach this summer. Knobloch, 40 years of age, has won WHL and OHL championships. He is a strong communicator. Interesting tidbit there from Bob, and I think there's a very good chance that the Oilers will be looking for a new head coach this summer, and maybe they would want to go younger, and oh, maybe they'd consider a guy who... Uh, had a great relationship with Connor McDavid in the Ontario Hockey League. Obviously, uh, I'm speculating. This is kind of rumor mill stuff right now, but it is interesting Bob threw that out there, and uh, if the Oilers are looking for a coach, I think there's a good chance of that. I do think Knobloch would be a candidate. Probably more of a story three, four, five months from now, but just keep this in your head as we move along. Now, 3-1 Washington leading the Flames. They're two minutes into the second period. Carter Hart, man, the kid from Sherwood Park, Canada's former world junior goaltender. He helped them win gold just over a year ago. He is doing great with the Philadelphia Flyers. The Flyers have won six in a row. Carter Hart has been named the NHL's Rookie of the Month. He will join us when we get back. Inside Sports on 630 Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, there's the Nuge. Tomorrow he'll be shooting on Philadelphia Flyers goaltender Carter Hart, who, of course, grew up in Sherwood Park. He's the NHL's Rookie of the Month because in January he went 6-2-1 with a 2.33 goals against average and a 9.31 save percentage. He's been the winning goaltender five times over the course of Philadelphia's six-game winning streak and he is the expected starter tomorrow against your Edmonton Oilers. Carter, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Doing very well. It's great to have you on the show again and congratulations on being named the NHL's Rookie of the Month for uh, January. What was your reaction when you heard about that? Uh, I mean, I, I didn't know that I was going to get that. I, they told me that this morning, so um, definitely feels good but i mean we're we're on a roll right now we've we've won six in a row um we've been playing really good hockey and we need to keep things rolling here well obviously yeah that's a big story is is your success and the success of the flyers lately give me a a little bit of your view and and for a lot of people it will start in net but i know you're probably not going to talk about yourself too much where is the team success coming from what do you think are a couple of keys to this winning streak I mean, I think if you look back from, we we went through a tough stretch there uh, when we lost uh, eight straight, but I think you look at those games um, and it's not like we were far off and guys still made sure that they stayed positive. Um, The environment in the locker room, um, the way people or the way our players handled themselves during that time um, on and off the ice. It's not like guys were negative, uh, bickering back and forth. Guys were positive and still, still trying to have fun. And I think that's that was a huge part of. And now um, we've gone on this six-game winning streak, and I think that just goes to show the character that we have in our locker room. Um, from the times that when things weren't going our way, and now things are going our way, um, we just we just. We're sticking to it, sticking to our game, and we knew that things were going to turn around. And the guys that we have in our locker room, um, the leaders, the younger guys, everybody, everybody gets along, and it's a lot of fun to be a part of. 
Well, and, and it's been an interesting year for the Flyers. Like the Edmonton Oilers, there's been a coaching change and a general manager change. I know you haven't been with the team for the whole year and, and through all of that, but do you get the sense that there's been, you know, sort of some they've had to deal with some tumultuous times or some sense where the players got together and said, okay, it's on us now. What did you sense stepping into that uh, group with some of the changes they've been through? Um, yeah, I mean, I think when I, my first day I got called up was when um, they made that coaching change. And I think the leaders definitely really definitely stepped up um, and we just had to go out and play. We couldn't control anything that was happening um, with the management side of things, um, and frankly, we didn't. We couldn't worry worry about that stuff. Like I think we just had to worry about going out and just performing and playing our game. Um, we're all professionals, and we all have a job to do. I think um, during that time when there's different situations um, that are occurring that aren't really in your control. You just got to worry about the group and the things that we can control and playing our own game. Carter Hart joining us tonight on Inside Sports from Sherwood Park, goaltender for the Philadelphia Flyers. You know, you you got called up. Uh, I'm sure you didn't know what your journey was necessarily going to be like this season. And you probably stepped into a locker room, you can correct me if I'm wrong, where maybe some players knew you and knew about you. And maybe some other guys might have been like, okay, I know we drafted this guy, but I don't know too much about him. What were the challenges for you or your approach fitting into the dressing room, fitting into the team, and doing it while you're playing the most important position on the ice? Yeah, I mean, honestly, coming up um, in December there, in the middle of December, the guys were really good to me. They've, They've been really good since. They've been really welcoming to me. Um, and it, like I said earlier, it's been a lot of fun to be a part of. Um, guys have invited me over for dinners and stuff like that and invited me to be out uh, and be a part of the guys away from the rink too. And I think that was really important and made me feel like I'm, I'm a part of this team. And we get along really well, with, like everybody does, at the, at the rink, away from the rink. Um, it, it's a lot of fun to be a part of. And I think probably one of the... I mean, I, I don't know a lot of. I don't have a lot of experience at this level, but I want to go out on a limb and say that we have probably one of the better groups um, in our team, and probably a lot of the teams in, in the NHL. What has the physical transition been like for you? I, I mean, you know, we, we've talked in the past, and obviously, you've always been learning. Uh, World Juniors, very successful in junior AHL this year. How would you describe the difference between the AHL and the NHL? What are some things you really had to pick up on when you when you got thrown into NHL games? Yeah, I mean, I think all those experiences that I've gone through in the past with World Juniors or playing in the WHL for four years and um, just little experiences like that um, have helped me transition to the pro game. And um, I mean, going up from junior to pro to the American League level is a big jump. It's going from playing with um, boys or guys that are 16 to 20 and then you're going from playing with those guys to playing with men and guys that are some guys are 30 years old or 35 or and they have kids and they have families and that's it's what they do for a living and it's completely different and guys can shoot a puck harder they're bigger and stronger and faster and then there's the next step up to the NHL and that's everybody's stronger everybody's faster everybody shoots harder and everybody I think the biggest difference from 
the American League to the NHL is just the skill level and the execution. Guys can get plays off a lot quicker, and they can make plays that guys in the lower leagues can't. Carter Hart joining us tonight on Inside Sports, goaltender for the Philadelphia Flyers. He's the, he is the NHL's Rookie of the Month. You are the expected starter tomorrow against the Edmonton Oilers and against Cam Talbot. What does that mean to you, having grown up in Sherwood Park? And, and I think you've got to know Talbot a little bit over the last couple of years, too. Yeah, I mean, me and Cam skated uh, all summer, this, this past summer together, and um, he's a really good guy and, and a, a great goaltender as well. And, I mean, um, he's the guy that I called, actually, the night before I got my first start against Detroit. So I called him up just to hang talk to him about it and the emotions that I was ex- uh, experiencing and, and all of that and um, but no Cam's, a, Cam's an unbelievable guy and, and a really good goaltender and uh, I got to know him really well over this this past summer skating with him and and just being around him and being able to be around an elite goaltender um, who has established himself as one of the best in the NHL um, he's a workhorse uh, he's played a lot of games um, just to be able to be around a guy like that this summer was um, very valuable for me. And, and uh, if I get the chance to play tomorrow against him, that'd be something really special. All right, Carter, a couple more for you. I, I got to follow up on something you and I talked about last year, and it got some attention about some of your rituals during games. I mean, some people call them rituals, some call them superstitions, some call them routines, whatever you want to call them. Uh, And you and I talked about the last player off the ice thing and and you said to me at the time, all right, maybe I have to to change that. How are you with with that part of your game? Are you less reliant on certain things? Have you changed your... I'm I'm just curious where you kind of went with this mentally because you didn't indicate to me in the past maybe you needed to make some alterations there yeah i definitely don't do that last guy off the icing anymore <laughs> um no i mean i i just gotta i have routines and i have superstitions that i followed throughout my whole career but um there's things that i'm not going to change just because of what other people are saying but there's things too that i mean i look back on and not going to control or affect the outcome of my performance or of the game and I think that's what I just realized going through those kinds of experiences Um, but then you go to the NHL level and things are even magnified a lot more and guys look for things like that to kind of try and mess with you or pick you apart a little bit and I think for myself I just realized like is this really going to make me a better goaltender? No, not really like I think there's there's things in my game that I that I I have a routine with that help me focus, but there's things too that, I mean, sometimes you can't control. And I think those are the things that you kind of just got to push away and focus on the things that you can control. Carter, in your first NHL game, the video of your mom being very emotional about you, about seeing you make some saves kind of went viral. Uh, Did you see that? What was your reaction to it? Did you talk to her about it? Uh, Let me know. Yeah, I mean, I got uh, my parents came out to my first game with my billet, Parker Folds as well, who was uh, my billet and ever for four years. He, he's like my grandpa. Uh, but no, after the game, I got to see them all, and my mom was definitely very emotional. She's a very, she's a very emotional lady. Uh, but no, she was very happy and very excited, and uh, I was just really lucky that they were able to fly out and, and get to my first game and be able to watch me.
All right. Well, one more for you. I lied. I'm tacking one more on here. What have you noticed about Philadelphia? And I know you haven't been there a long, long time, but what have you noticed about Philadelphia as a sports city? I mean, you grew up right by Edmonton. You know what the passion for the Oilers is like. Uh, you, you know, the Eagles had that dramatic double-doink playoff win. It's It has all four North American pro sports at the highest level. It has all the colleges. Uh, the fans there are known for being very passionate and tough on the athletes there, too, if it's not going their way. What have you noticed initially here about being a pro athlete in Philadelphia? Yeah, I think they're just a sports-crazy town. They all, they love all their sports. Um, and I don't they don't like they don't like you when you're losing, but they love you when you're winning, and I think that's that's probably the best way to describe it. But um, I mean, I, I haven't been here super long, so I, I don't really know the full just of uh, the Flyers fans. But what I have experienced is that they're very passionate and they really care about our team and they want to see us win. And I think that's that's important for um, for a hockey team or for any. NHL club um, you look at some markets in the, the lower south that don't have the best fan support um, they don't sell out they don't have um, fans like in our area like in Philly or um, pretty much every other place in Canada is crazy but um, no I think the fan support that we get here in Philly it's it's great it's unbelievable and they they, they love us when we're winning um, they might not like us the best when we're losing but no, they, they really care about um, all of their sports and, and all of their teams. Well, Carter, it's great to see you doing well. We wish you all the best as you continue with the Flyers. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sports. All right. Thanks for having me. 20 years old, his career is off to an amazing start. Carter Hart is the NHL's Rookie of the Month for January. The Edmonton Oilers will try to beat him tomorrow as they get back at it after the break. You'll hear a little bit more from Ken Hitchcock. We also have Eskimos defensive lineman Kwaku Boateng coming up. He signs a new deal with the team today. Have a text to 63630 from Trucker T who says, I was Carter Hart's driving instructor in Sherwood Park a couple of years ago when he would drop his left hand down on the steering wheel I would say good to shoot glove hand and he would put his hands back in the 10 and 2 position another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to do's Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Excellent kid. That is a text to 63630 from Trucker T. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Cam Talbot will start tomorrow in Philadelphia. Miko Koskinen will start Sunday in Montreal as the Oilers get back at it after their bye week. The Edmonton Oil Kings trail Prince Albert 1-0 late in the first period in PA in Western Hockey League action. In the NHL, late second period, Washington up 3-2 on Calgary. After the first, Vegas and Carolina tied 1-1. No score in the first period between the Leafs and the Wings and also the Wild and the Stars. A couple of teams the Oilers are chasing in the playoff hunt. Penguins lead the Senators 
3-1 in the second. No score, Lightning and Islanders. No score, Predators and Panthers. Both those games in the second period. And with about two minutes to go in the middle session, it is Chicago up 3-0 on Buffalo. Patrick Kane gets his 30th of the season. And a young man by the name of Drake Kajula has scored for the Chicago Blackhawks. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Chet. So those broadcasts this weekend, early starts, 9.30 face-off show tomorrow, game at 11, Oilers and Flyers, and then on Super Bowl Sunday... 10.30 a.m. face-off show game at noon, Oilers and Canadians. We'll have uh, some Super Bowl talk later on in the show. Bobby Singh is going to join us, former offensive lineman who has a Super Bowl ring, a Grey Cup ring, and he won the XFL championship. Kellen Kennedy is our studio producer this evening. Hey, Kellen, you're a big wrestling fan. We talked mm-hmm. a little bit yesterday about your trip to the Royal Rumble. Yep. The XFL played a season in 2001. It was mm. founded by who? Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon of yep. WWE. I think it was still WWF at the time. It was, correct. Do you remember what they called their championship game? The Million Dollar Championship Game. The Million Dollar Game. You're right on it. Now, I don't know if Bobby Singh got a million dollars. Well, I, wait, I don't even the, know if he got his share of the million dollars. We'll the the team was supposed to split $1 million. That was the story. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't per it. player. And, of course, that was the game that gave us the birth of the XFL MV or the XFL Million Dollar Game MVP. That's a mouthful. Tommy Million Dollar Maddox. Tommy Maddox, who would then go on to play a bit for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's right. Yes, the LA Extreme. No E, X-T-R. E-M-E. This was the early 2000s, the folks. 2001. So uh, Bobby Singh's going to join us in about an hour. So he has a Super Bowl ring with the Rams, by the way, when they were in St. Louis, a Grey Cup ring, and he won uh, the XFL championship. So that'll be fun to catch up with him. Kwaku Boateng from your Edmonton Eskimos will check in in about eight or nine minutes. Oilers tomorrow. If you, if you trust the line combinations at practice, and quite frankly, why would you? But but if we can assume that at least for a portion of the game tomorrow that uh, Hitchcock will stick with what he had at practice, I'll just review. And the, and the Oilers did practice again early today. Mentioned Clefbaum skated. He he was it was interesting. Sekera took most of the reps with Larson defensively, and Clefbaum was usually one of the last guys into the drills. And then he came out after and said, I played banged up a lot of last year, and it wasn't, you know, fair to myself, fair to the team. You know, he didn't exactly, like, he wants to play, but he didn't actually sound confident about playing. Hitch said he's traveling, but, he, he, you know, he needed to get looked at again. So I, I guess we called Clefbaum a game-time decision. But up front, here's how it was. I'll just quickly recap. McDavid with Lucic and Ratty. Dreisaitl between Reeder and Chason. Nude centering Kara and Cassian. Brodziak, Cave, Pugliarvi, and Malone, who was up with the team, the options to be on the fourth line. So Hitchcock, perhaps, possibly, going to roll out Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Nugent Hopkins all as centers on their own lines. Well, I think, I think they've been the strength of the team from day one since the day I got here. And actually where I got the idea from, Terry, was was watching uh, Philadelphia come out of the break. And that's what they did. They split it up and, you know, they've had some success with it. And we just feel like um, by playing this way, we can become a three-line team and, and, and the fourth line fits in when we need them, whether it's on special teams or whatever. But uh, I, I don't think... I don't think uh, 
we'll be lucky to have five practices the rest of the year. And I don't think I think we got to lean on these three guys, and and we got to lean on nine or ten forwards, and and try to get the job done that way. That's that's how I feel. And then when I want to watch Philadelphia do it. Uh, when they came back first game from the break, they looked like a way more organized team playing this way. So it's kind of a little bit of a copy. Okay. I have trouble believing it'll last very long. Just basing that on observation. But it maybe if, if they start the game really well and uh, they look productive against Philadelphia, maybe we'll actually see some uh, lines stay intact for a while or see the three-star players on different lines. That'll be one of the storylines tomorrow. Hitch mentioned that uh, Philadelphia gave him this idea. We had Carter Hart on the show in the last half hour. Philly has won six in a row. They've already played three games coming out of their bye. I think we got to play a really simple game. I, I thought... Uh... Philly looked so much better than Boston in the third period yesterday. Uh, there, and that's just one game advanced for them. Um, they looked like their tempo was a lot higher. Uh, it's the same thing yesterday. Winnipeg's tempo in the third period was incredible yesterday against Columbus. So to me, we got to keep it really simple, and we I think we've got to play territorially. I, I don't think I think we got to play a real smart territorial game, and. Uh, and, and play just as simple and as smart and have a real focus of keeping the puck in front of us if we expect to get up. And then you, you give us a period, we'll be up to the tempo. But, but when I see the tempo and the execution at this level right now, I think every team recognizes that you're either trying to catch into a spot or you're trying to keep a spot. And everybody's treating this like a playoff games. And, and, and that's why you see all... Already, teams not practicing. Like, they played two games, they're not even practicing anymore. And I think, I think that's just the way playoffs go. Everybody's playing every second night, and everybody's saving everything for the games, and that's got to be our attitude out of the break. We know when you play against a team that's won six in a row and plays at this tempo, we know how good they're playing. We just got to catch the speed of the game right away. They have to catch the speed of the game right away. Definitely. And that is something the Oilers have not been able to do. They've been a poor starting team, really, for a long time. But through a lot of this year, and especially recently, they lost three games in a row, all at home, going into the break. They got out of the first period scoreless against Calgary, but they were outshot. Calgary eventually went ahead 3-0 in the second period, and the Oilers were flat-out stinky through two periods against both Carolina and Detroit. Alex Chason joined me on Inside Sports last night, and I asked him about these poor starts to games. That, to me, is it's all mental. It's how you prepare for the game. Um, I know I've tried to translate that a little bit. Obviously, for me, last year, I was part of a... Uh, exceptional quality team um, when you played us at home till the first TV timeout we played a direct game and it didn't matter if it was Ovi, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, you know our big guys we were playing direct and everyone we were creating our own tempo and the other team was trying to catch up to us here I feel like we're we're starting behind we're, we're kind of watching how the other team is going to come out and play and then more often than not, lately, we're a couple goals back. And in this league, um, it's hard to come back when you're down two, three goals after the first 20 minutes. So uh, I think for us as players, um, that has nothing to do with the coaching staff. That's, that's on players to get ready for the first five, six minutes, play a direct game, 
know where we're going, know our outs, and, and know that we don't have to score in the first – we don't have to win the game in the first five or six minutes, but we can for sure lose it, and that's what we've been doing a lot more lately than earlier in this season. So uh, I think that that goes with mental preparation, how you prepare, how are we going to attack the first five, six minutes – and uh, like I said, I think that's on us players to take ownership of that. All right. Well, we'll see if they take ownership tomorrow. Some thoughts there from Alex Chason of your Edmonton Oilers. It is 6.43. Capitals leading the Flames 3-2. That is now through two periods in Washington. Don't forget, some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. They have their Northern Chicken Super Bucket. Big games need big eats. Order your Super Bucket for your big game party at northchickenyeg.com. New contract for excellent defensive lineman Kwaku Boateng of the Edmonton Eskimos. He's coming up next. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chan. In 2018, Kwaku Boateng had nine sacks, 26 tackles in 16 games for Edmonton Eskimos. He's only... 23 years of age showing a lot of promise on their defensive line and he has re-signed with the green and gold for another two seasons Kwaku, welcome back to Inside Sports how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic man I'm glad to be on the show well, you, you're sounding energized, which is good to hear, and, and why not? You have a, a new contract through the 2020 season, how does that feel to know you're staying in green and gold for a couple more years at least? Um, I, I, it feels good because coming out of the draft, the only team that really gave gave me a chance was Edmonton, so I just feel like it, it just felt right to stay. And my relationship with the coaching staff, um, obviously Brock as well, um, and specifically Coach Maxey, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. So I have a lot of respect for everyone in that organization, and I just felt like the fans have embraced me since the day I stepped on the field. So it, it, it was an easy decision. Um, the only thing that, the only reason why it got prolonged was because of my NFL interest. So um, I'm glad to be back. Well, a couple of things there. You mentioned the NFL interest. I think you worked out with with at least four teams. You can you can give me the the accurate number. Tell me a little bit about those workouts and and maybe the the sense of interest you got from some or or all of the teams as you went on that part of the journey. Yeah, um, I don't want to get into too much detail about it, but essentially, um, I think that a lot of teams down south just had some interest in me just based off the fact that. Um, you know, I, I had a good season. I'm um, young and I'm explosive, but at the end of the day, I think that most of the teams, um, they can agree that I need at least another year to develop um, into a full defensive end, and I agree to that. And the biggest thing is I am kind of undersized to play a true defensive end spot in the States. I'd have to play outside linebacker, and um, obviously an attribute to that is learning how to cover. So um, the way I see it is that, I, I appreciate being criticized and I appreciate getting feedback because those are all things I can work on. I mean, even if um, I was, even if I feel like I'm an adequate pass rusher now, there's always room to improve. And I'm just glad that I got a voice um, from someone, from, peop- from people and organizations that are themselves. And um, I'll take that feedback and I'll improve and hopefully I get another shot later on in my life. Okay, you, you all, you know, you said that you, you're pretty excited here to, to be staying in Eskimo. There was a lot of thinking in the off season that because of the the CBA negotiations and the fact that it's going to expire later on this year, that maybe players would would wait 
would become free agents, wouldn't commit early. I, I guess in your case, none of that, none of that applied. How, how do you uh, approach that sort of business side of it? Did that was that a consideration, or were you pretty? Uh, my, was your mind pretty set on being an Eskimo if you were staying in the CFL? Um, yes, like like I, like I said before, I feel like Edmonton is a great spot for me. Um, so I always knew that Edmonton would be where I'd end up heading. In, in regards to CBA and all that stuff on the side. Um, I have a great agent in Fred, um, and uh, Fred really advised me that, hey, based on the history, the CBA doesn't doesn't really create a huge impact on the salary cap. And at the end of the day, if, if Brock is offering you a great deal, a fair deal, um, at the end of the day, it's, it, it really doesn't, the, the CBA doesn't really affect that. And if I want to stay in Edmonton, then um, why wait? So... Um, we ran through the numbers, we ran through all the scenarios and situations, and I have a lot of faith and trust in my agent, and he's been here before 10 times um, over, right? So, um, or maybe even 100, and um, really, honestly, it's just me trusting my agent and trusting his experience, and again, um, I just felt like it didn't make sense for me to wait too long, um, because I already knew where I wanted to head to. You know, Quaker, watching you the, the past couple of years, and especially this past year, I, I really thought you were finding more and more ways to impact the game. Obviously, the sacks are going to stand out, and, and you had pretty good numbers and a couple of games where you had multiple sacks. But tell me a little bit about your journey as, as an all-round player, as a defensive end. What are some of the strides uh, that you feel you made, and, and who helped you the most make those strides? I feel like I feel like coming to the CFL, a lot of um, coaches and scouts just believed that was a pure pass rusher, and um, definitely certain parts of my of my, especially my rookie season, I felt like I was just a pure pass rusher. So one of the things that um, I'm just grateful to have is I'm on the seawall right next to me, um, and Odell Willis when he was there, and all the veteran squad there, they really helped me out and and made me realize that there's more to um, playing uh, just a run, right? You, sorry, playing just a pass. You got to play the run, and having Mono there um, really helps, and he's been monitoring me since the day I stepped onto the field. So to, to know that he's also um, here until 2020, that, that just means that I'm going to develop into a better, well-rounded defense, defensive end and just not a pass rusher because you're right. This past season, I feel like I made greater strides in stopping the run, and um, I'm sure I increased my tackle and my TFL um, numbers. But more importantly, I think that as a unit, the D-line, um, we've gotten so close to um, – so so close, and our chemistry is just fantastic. And the way Coach Maxey really allows us to just bond and mesh together, it really helps us on the field. So I'm excited for this for the next few years. Kwaku Boateng joining us on Inside Sports. New deal with the Edmonton Eskimos. He's extended through the 2020 season. You mentioned uh, your coach, your position coach, Demetrius Maxey, who played the position in the CFL. There were changes to the coaching staff, but but he's coming back. Is that, uh, I mean, I know you've dealt with a lot of coaches in your career, but tell me a little bit about his influence. Honestly, Coach Maxey is, he's like having a player as, because he, he played in the CFL, like you said, it's, it's like him. It's like he's a player, and in a weird way, see someone that he's so young enough where you can relate to how the game is being played today, um, and he's experienced in it, and he just understands that sometimes we we gotta have that time, we gotta have that freedom to really expand our game. And this past season, 
I felt that. I felt like I wasn't um, I wasn't confined to do anything specific. Um, I think that he really let his players to really find what fits for them. And then at that point, he'll mold them and improve us um, as we go. So the biggest thing with Coach Coach Maxi is just I just feel like I have a lot of trust for him. And the relationship is more than just a coach and a player. It's almost like someone that's someone that I trust and I respect so much that if I do fumble or if I do make a mistake on the field, it's more than just him yelling at me. It's more so I don't want to disappoint him. And that that is the most important piece. And that's one of the main reasons why I knew that after last season that I was going to come back to Edmonton. Obviously, you got to have great Canadian players to win in the CFL. On the defensive line, it is it is more often that the Canadians play the interior, but you're coming from the outside being a defensive end. Um, do, do you take any pride of that? Do you recognize that that gives you a little extra value on the roster, or, or how do you look at your, your nationality at that spot on the field? To be, to be completely honest, like I said, when I came in and the whole D-line was All-American, I was only Canadian. Um, it, it was it was nerve wracking at first, but at the end of the day, I got to a point where I'm just a player. When I get on the field, um, I don't care what my passport says, whatever. Um, I just go on the field and I, just, and I ball out. And my one my my goal is not to worry about oh I'm playing in an American position. No, it's it's my position. That's how I see it. And each each camp I came into, I wanted to to dominate. I wanted to take the position not because oh it's Canadian position or it's American position. I just want to be the best defensive end that it forces the coaching staff to start me. So um, at the end of the day, yes, it's great to be a Canadian and playing this spot, even though it's traditionally played by Americans. But more importantly for me, it's I want to be the best defensive end regardless of what my passport says. All right, Kwaku, one move for you. I, I I'm trying to remember. I think when we talked. Last year during the season, you are you working on a, a degree? Was it a business degree? You're still finishing up? How, if if so, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But what are, what are you working on, and how's it going? Um, I finished my honors BBA, um, bachelor, bachelor of Business Administration, with a focus in accounting and finance and a minor in econ. Um, I actually finished that last spring with Wilfrid University. Um, it's one of the best business programs in the country, probably top five, top seven. And um, I've been working on that since I got to, <laughs> since I got to university. But obviously, you know, um, going to the CFL my first year kind of pushed push back a semester. But I went back to school um, last offseason. I finished off. So right now um, I'm working towards getting my CFP, which is my certified financial planning designation. And uh, right now I'm, I'm working in a field where I get to learn how to become a financial planner and a financial advisor. And um, obviously I want to get to a point where obviously I, I have my own show so I'm able to help clients and help help people in general, whether it's from insurance to retirement planning, estate planning, all that stuff. So that's really my passion. And um, on the side, I play football. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good stuff. Well, last one. It's it's my last show before the Super Bowl. So who wins on Sunday? Okay. Uh, um, honestly, you know, I'm a big fan of being cheering for the underdog because I feel like most of my football career I've been the underdog. Um, so I want... I want the Rams to win. I feel like, and it's a great story if the Rams win, especially with a young, um, a young coach. And I love great D-line play. And the way the Rams D-line is playing is just fantastic. So I, I want the Rams to win, but I feel like the seniority and the experience that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have, I think it's going to be a tough competition. Um, if I were to put my money on it, I'd give it to Patriots. But if we're talking about just asking who I, who I want to win, I want the Rams to win. Kwaku, thanks for your time. 
congratulations on the new contract. Always great to have you on the show. Oh, um, uh, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure being here. Kwaku Boateng, defensive end for the Eskimos, new deal through 2020. When we get back, you'll find out how a high school football team got on the Super Bowl field today. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.